good Friday morning. TGIF. It is Kale and Company live on WKXL, 1450 on the AM dial, 103.9 FM in the Capital Region, 101.9 FM in Manchester and well beyond, and also streaming 24 hours a day at nhtalkradio.com, which means no matter where you go in the free world, you are able to hear the programming of WKXL. Not only that, uh, but you'll be able to hear past programs of uh, all of the great shows that uh, are aired on WKXL. So it is a Friday heading toward the weekend. And the, the one piece of, of good news I can pass along to you is that uh, gas prices are starting to come down. Gasoline prices uh, have been heading lower for the past uh, month or so. And are expected to fall even lower. Possibly, possibly, get this folks, possibly be low. $4 a gallon. We never thought a month ago that would be possible. Uh, drivers are uh, cutting back on spending uh, at the pump nationwide. Analysts say uh, average prices uh, may have peaked in June at uh, $5 and a penny per gallon and are not likely to go back to that level unless there is a disruption in oil and refining operations or a spike in oil prices. I pulled up to the pump where I usually fill up last night, and, you know, I mean, we get conditioned, I guess. I mean, a year ago we would have said it was an outrage to pay four nineteen at the pump, but that's what I did last night. Pulled up to the pump and paid four nineteen per gallon. I won't tell you where, but it's somewhere very close to uh, where we are right now. We have a great guest on the line. Our guest on this portion of uh, Kale and Company is Carol Douglas. Carol, welcome. Great to have you along with us today. Well, thank you so much. I'm Delighted to be there in New Hampshire. Well, Carol is an award-winning journalist who has specialized in writing about uh, climate, uh, biodiversity, and sustainability since the 1990s. Her work has been published in The Atlantic, Harper's Psychology Today, and in the National Geographic books as well. And Carol, along with Peter Fikowski, am I pronouncing his name right? Um, I would say yes. He oh. would accept that. He, but he says Peter Fikowski. Fikowski. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you guys have written a new book, and it's entitled Climate Restoration, The Only Future That Will Sustain the Human Race. And, uh, Carol, uh, I guess the, the basic question is, what is climate restoration? <laughs> yes, that is the basic question. <laughs> well... Climate restoration is the idea that we can restore the climate that we had before the Industrial Revolution. Climate restoration means bringing back the climate that we had for 10,000 years, basically, um, before we started putting a lot of CO2 into the atmosphere. And that climate um, enabled us to develop agriculture and civilizations. And we know that Humanity, hum, the human race can survive in that climate. So climate restoration is res- 
restoring that climate. It's not just reducing emissions, it's actually restoring the climate that we have. Of course, there has been a major focus for years now on reducing greenhouse gases. Why do we need to target climate restoration right now? Right. What's actually causing the havoc in the climate now is the buildup of CO2 that has accumulated, we call it legacy or historical CO2, that has accumulated through these last 150, 200 years. And so even if we stop putting more in, there's still an awful lot up there. In fact, there's a trillion tons of CO2 lingering in the atmosphere, and that's what's causing the problems that we're having. It's really important to get to net zero, or zero, I would say it's really important to stop emitting, but it's just as important, if not more so, for the foreseeable future to to empty out that pool of CO2 so that things get back to the historical climate that we had. You know, I think for uh, us who just, you know, we don't know certainly as much about this topic as, as we probably should, most of us, and we say, oh, you know, it's, it's global warming and, and that sort of thing. And uh, But, you know, let, let me just ask you a question from a, a layman's uh, perspective here. Mm-hmm. We, we are probably going to have the most uh, days in New Hampshire this year that are over 90 degrees in our history. Uh, does that have anything to do with, with global warming? Well, I would say yes. I think just about anybody would say yes, absolutely. Um, you can't pin, pinpoint any one day, but the trend is um, it correlates with the amount of carbon dioxide that's up in the air. <clears throat> and it causes heat waves for sure. It also causes massive disruptions in planting seasons. It causes these humongous droughts. There's, there's about 300 million people at risk of um, hunger or starvation, possibly, in the world because of drought. It, ca- it messes with the monsoon. It causes flooding. It causes sea level rise. Yes, it's all connected to what we call global warming, which is connected to the level of CO2 in the air. So if I can be a little, a little technical about it, right, um, the pre-industrial level of CO2 was about 280 parts per million. Don't need to remember that, but um, the highest level that humanity throughout our evolution has ever seen is about 300 parts per million. And right now, we're at 420, and if we only reach net zero without restoring the climate, by 2050, we'll be around 450, 460. So between 300, which is the highest it's ever been during the history of the human race, Mm. and 460, that's more than 50% higher than humanity has survived long term. So that's one of the reasons that people... um, People are saying that the the survival of humanity is in doubt. And you can imagine the climate mess that we're in at 420. If we're at 460, it ain't getting better. The goal of 
the technical goal of climate restoration, or one of them, is to restore that atmospheric carbon dioxide level back below 300, where we know that it's safe and stable um, for humanity to to continue to survive and thrive. And would it also have an impact uh, on, well, we've read recently in recent days and seen pictures from NASA that uh, Lake Mead, which is the uh, largest uh, reservoir uh, in in the nation, uh, serving uh, California, Mexico, Nevada, that it's at its lowest level since 1937 right now. Yes, all kinds of weird and not nice things are happening. And it's, most of them, or a lot of them, if they're weather-related, climate-related, they are related to the level of CO2 in the atmosphere. Again, it's 420. We've never seen it above 300. So things... Um, Drier places tend are tending to get drier. <coughs> Excuse me, <coughs> and wetter places are tending to get wetter, and the seasons are getting mixed up. Um, farmers, yeah. One of the reasons that we want to go back to a restored climate is so that farmers know when to plant, and these monster storms aren't happening, um, and these terrible droughts and floods aren't happening, and basically. Restoring the climate means going back to a world that we know how to live in. Well, that would be a nice thing for sure. Is is there room for optimism uh, when it comes to, to climate restoration? Good heavens, yes. Okay. In fact, Good. <laughs> I, call, I call climate restoration the antidote to climate despair and climate and eco-anxiety and all these things that, that the psychologists are talking about these days and a lot of us are experiencing. It is the antidote because what, what's really, really cool is that we can do this. We can do this starting now. We, ha- we know how to do it. The met- there are several main methods, and they're all based on natural processes. Mother Nature invented how to reduce CO2 from the atmosphere. <laughs> billions of years ago. So we have figured out exactly how she does it, and we can replicate those processes and accelerate them. So we have the know-how, we have the, um, we do the technology, and we even have the financing. This will not cost the government trillions of dollars. In fact, well, we, we will talk... Be- We'll, we'll talk more about that. We have to take a quick break, Carol, if you can hold on, and uh, sure. we'll follow up on that, how it won't cost uh, much money, uh, or at least won't cost us, us much money. And Carol right. Douglas is with us, co-author of the book Climate Restoration, the only future that will sustain the human race. Just out, and happy to have Carol with us today here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. It's Kale and Company Live for a Friday. Hang in there. We'll be right back right after these words. Welcome back. It is Kale and Company Live. It's a Friday. Great to have you along with us on WKXL and NHTalkRadio.com. Talking about climate restoration on this segment of the program, Climate Restoration, The Only Future That Will Sustain the Human Race, is a new book authored by Peter Fikowski and Carol Douglas. And Carol is with us here today on the program. We're talking about 
climate restoration and the fact that you mentioned, uh, Carol, just before the break, that it is not going to cost us uh, billions and billions of dollars. Right, right, exactly. It's, it's kind of surprising. I was really blown away by this. The methods of climate restoration are, are surprising, um, or maybe surprising to your listeners. They involve um, nudging photosynthesis, restoring photosynthesis in the ocean, meaning bringing back the base of the food chain, which are tiny green plants and algae, in very specific places. And that photosynthesis, of course, draws down a lot of CO2. And because these um, tiny plants and algae are the base of the food chain, they restore fisheries. So you invest a little bit in this and you get fish, um, which will more than pay for itself, much, much, much more than pay for itself. So we're looking for, people are looking for investment for that. And the other major way that nature um, pulls CO2 out of the air is through limestone. I'm not I don't think a lot of people think a lot about limestone, but it's, it's kind of magical in that it's almost 50% CO2 by weight. Mm. So nature makes limestone all the time from the shells um, of, uh, of um, sea animals, oysters and such. And we have figured out, we, I can't take any credit for this, <laughs> there's a brilliant guy who, <laughs> who spent his... Um, PhD time studying how uh, corals and clams and eucalypts make their shells. He has figured out um, how to make limestone basically the way oysters make their shells. And it's very low energy. It's um, absolutely brilliant. And it turns into high-quality, pure limestone, synthetic limestone. Now, this synthetic limestone then can be used, instead of digging up more rocks, it can be used to form the aggregate that goes into concrete. So it makes concrete a very, very strongly carbon-negative, carbon-absorbing concrete. And this is not pie in the sky. Um, San Francisco Airport is already partially built out of this Mm. synthetic limestone. And in fact, yeah, he... um, this place called Blue Planet Systems. The company has recently put up a new factory or manufacturing facility in the Bay Area, and the San Francisco Airport Authority has purchased all of its output for the next two years to build more terminals and runways and, and the things that they they need to build out there. And so um, he's we're, we're, people are working on scaling this up. If we if we could scale it up so that most of the concrete that we use in the world, and we use a lot of concrete, yeah. um, is carbon negative, we could absorb most of the CO2 that we need to absorb. That and some photosynthesis in the ocean can, uh, we figure, can, we calculate, can absorb more than 50 gigatons or 50 billion tons a year. If you do that for 20 years, you get a, a trillion tons. And that's what we need to take out of the atmosphere, trillion tons of CO2. Nature has done this uh, quite a few times, and we can do it too, but a lot faster. Yeah? yeah. Go ahead, Carol. So so that's a long way of answering your question about cost. So we do it, um, if you do it by producing things that people will buy, it pays for itself. 
We're not talking about pulling CO2 down and then sticking it down a big dark hole, which a lot of um, a lot of people are talking about. No, we're using it to uh, to pave new parts of cities and old and rebuild old parts of cities. So that it's it's um, it's a net benefit. It's a service of bringing down CO2, and it produces a product that's in tremendous demand. And that's why investment is needed, but there'll be a return. And government, massive government funding is not needed. The magic of limestone. How about that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> you'll, you'll never look at the oysters on your plate again. That's right. It's the same way again. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, uh, well, you know, if you just take one thing away from this conversation, it's uh, limestone, right? And uh, how, how, it could dis- how it could save the planet. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> there exactly. you go. What about the scientific community, uh, uh, Carol? How do they, they feel about climate restoration? Do they think it'll work? It's very mixed. The people who, the scientists who work on it, absolutely. Absolutely. The people who have not worked on it, they're, they're skeptical, appropriately skeptical. Um, to be frank, there are not decades of, of um, well, in some cases there are. In some cases there are not decades of peer-reviewed articles, but there's enough that, um, that shows that it will work if we, if we do it. Yep. The other thing, um, yeah, so some people say, oh, it needs more research. Well, see how far our research has gotten us. It's gotten us to 420 parts per million of CO2 and possible extinction. So um, not to dis science. Science is wonderful, but we need to be doing the science along with the practice so that we actually restore the climate. And yes, we, it would be great to funnel more funding into, into the science behind it, um, and especially if it goes rapidly. So it's, yeah, it's a mixed, it's a mixed reaction. A mixed bag. So what, actually, scientists who have pioneered these things. Yeah. Um, it's just that it hasn't, been, it hasn't been back and forth for decades. So what about individuals uh, like, like you and me? What, what can we do? Uh, what, uh, what efforts can we make to help restore our climate? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, it's um, mostly communicate. Tell people about climate restoration. You know, get, know, learn about it and tell everyone about it so that climate restoration becomes a household word, like, like Nasiro has become a household word. Um, and please tell all your all the groups that you're in. You know, if you're in a book club or Sierra Club or AARP or alumni club, inform yourself and talk to them about it, or ask Peter or myself to talk to them about it, so that people get to know that it's possible. And ask their leaders to pursue it, because there are a few policies that could help, um, and that would be very useful. <laughs> Um, you can you can extend your effectiveness or multiply your effectiveness by joining the Foundation for Climate Restoration, and the URL is the same: Foundation for Climate They have they're building chapters around the country, and you could join one or start one, and they'll you can get trained up in how to write effective letters to the editor and op-eds and how to lobby your state house and so forth. Um, for instance, the group 
there's a very active group where I am around Washington, D.C., and they've been talking to the D.C. City Council about procurement rules to actually get the procurement rules changed so that um, building projects um, funded by the city need to use carbon-negative concrete. And that has happened on the that has happened on the federal level. So we're trying to get that also on the local levels, so that um, contra- contractors, anybody who does business for the government, needs to use the best carbon restoring um, kinds of material. And the so, other yeah, and- talk and talk and talk about it. Let people know you want it. If you have any connections with um, policymakers at the UN, let us know. Um, has it needs it needs to happen. <laughs> and and the other thing you can do is uh, get the new book that has been authored by oh. Peter Fikowski and uh, Carol Douglas, our our guest today. Climate restoration, the only future that will sustain the human race. And uh, how can people get a copy of it, Carol? Thank you for the plug. Um, it's all over the it's all over the web. It may be in your bookstore. If not, please ask for it to be in your bookstore or library. But it, it, you can get it through Amazon, um, through uh, through IndieBound, if you don't like Amazon, through um, Barnes & Noble, just about anybody online and that sells books. You can get it through there. You can also visit PeterDukowski.com or CarolDouglas.com, um, and that'll take you also to Carol Douglas, and I want to remind people uh, or let them know that uh, your last name is spelled D-O-U-G-L-I-S. Thank you. But, but Carol, you've been a delight and a very informative guest, and we appreciate it. And uh, we urge people to, to go out and get the book and, uh, and, and get a little bit more educated about uh, climate re- restoration. Thanks for your time this morning, Carol. Terrific. Thank you. I enjoyed it. All right. Carol Douglas, co-author of Climate Restoration, the only future that will sustain the human race. Coming up, we'll be chatting with Tom Raffio. We won't be talking about climate change, but maybe how to change your dental habits anyway. Right here on Kale and Company Live on WKXL and NHTalkRadio.com. Don't you dare go anywhere. We will be right back. Welcome back. It is Kale and Company live here on this Friday, heading toward what's going to be a hot and steamy weekend. I heard where temperatures could uh, reach 100 degrees in some parts of the state on Sunday. So take the necessary precautions because it's going to be hot. Uh, this weekend. Hydrate. Plenty of hydration is uh, what's necessary. So, so you know, enjoy the weekend, but uh, it is going to be a hot and sticky one. Uh, the New Hampshire Fisher Cats, by the way, are home this weekend as they will be taking on the AA affiliate of the Red Sox, the Portland Sea Dogs at Delta Dental Stadium. The action uh, begins tonight at uh, 7.05 at Delta Dental Stadium in Manchester. So good double-A baseball action coming up this weekend in the Granite State. Tom Raffio is going to be our next guest, and uh, I don't believe he's chimed in yet, or has he? 
No, he has not. Okay. <laughs> Just getting a signal from my producer cat, but uh, we're we're waiting for Tom and he'll be uh, he'll be calling in momentarily. We'll talk about a, a number of things. And coming up Monday on uh, Kale and Company Live, we'll be talking with Miriam Carter. Miriam is the executive director of the League of New Hampshire Craftsmen and the big craftsman's fair is coming up in August at Mount Sunapee, always one of the great events of the summer calendar here in New Hampshire. So we'll be talking with Miriam about that on Monday's show. Now, not yet, not yet. Okay. (laughs) Cat is keeping me posted here. But uh, Miriam will be joining us Monday starting at 8 o'clock, and you can join us every Monday through Friday from 8 to 9. And then, if you should happen to miss... The live broadcast of Kale and Company Live. We will be uh, doing it again, uh, repeating the show from 7 to 8 on WKXL, 1450 on the AM dial, 1039 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM, the signal that uh, carries into Manchester and beyond and streaming around the clock at nhtalkradio.com. So you can take us with you wherever you go uh, this summer or any time uh, of the year. Uh, Last night, the uh, regular baseball season resumed after the All-Star break for a number of uh, Major League teams. Uh, Here's the good news. Houston Astros swept a doubleheader from the New York Yankees yesterday, winning both ends of it down uh, in Houston. So uh, the Yankees uh, getting off to a slow start after the after the All-Star break, but will it really matter? The Yankees have such a substantial lead over the uh, rest of the pack in the American League East, and the Red Sox, starting the second half of the season, are just a game and a half, folks, just a game and a half ahead of the Baltimore Orioles. Can you believe that? Hello, Ken. Yes. We have a special phone guest here. A special phone guest. <laughs> How's it going, with, Tom? With, with, I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> I'm not I'm not special. You're very <laughs> special. You're on the Kalen Company show. Absolutely. That's, that's true. I'm just, uh, I just toil in dental insurance where my freshman year roommate, Bill Gates, is a billionaire, trillionaire. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I haven't given you the proper introduction uh, as yet. So, uh, on the line right now, ladies and gentlemen, author, athlete, activist, doting grandfather, neat dresser, swell dancer, loves kids, cats, and dogs. He's Eddie Papowski's number one fan, and he also happens to be the president and CEO of Northeast Delta Dental, and that is Tom Raffio. Tom, welcome back to the program. Good morning. I love listening to your show, and I particularly like your boat plumbing and heating reads, as well as the fact that you can rebroadcast your show and listen to it anytime. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, I, I you know, when you weren't on the air for a while during the reconstruction, like, I, I, I couldn't live for a couple of months, but now I'm, I'm back to my old self. Well, I'm happy to hear that, Tom. And uh, as you mentioned, we repeat the show from 7 to 8 every weeknight. So so there you go. If you miss it this time around, or if you want to hear it again, it's 7 to 8 uh, weeknights. Remember, because, you know, because, you know, like I like to connect the dots, but also provide lots of little nuances. Yes. And so sometimes people miss those. So I, I encourage people to listen to the rebroadcast because the little nuances, little subtleties you might miss uh, the first time 
time around with you and I because I think you always told me as long as you and I are enjoying ourselves talking about the 70s or maybe even the 60s, it's okay. <laughs> it's all know? right. It's okay. <laughs> the listening audience loves it when the hosts and guests are having fun. That's, that's what you told me. That's true. We do. There's not enough reminiscing on radio these days. <laughs> and, and, and we love to reminisce. Oh, and, we do. We we know, the, the problem is we know more about the 67 Red Sox than the current woeful edition. Oh, you, and you know, you said it, and I was thinking about that even just driving in today, thinking how woeful it is because, you know, there's there's really only, to me anyway, there's only one guy on that team that's, you know, a must-see at bat, and that is Rafi Devers, and this is a guy that, you know, hopefully the Red Sox will be able to sign, but given recent history, you, you have to wonder about that because, you know, this guy wants to be paid, you know, let's say over $40 million a year, maybe closer to 50 per year, and I don't know if the Red Sox are going to do that. Well, that's the thing, and it's frustrating because, you know, they traded bets thinking ahead that they had bets Devers and the shortstop, right? Xander. Yeah. So they, they probably think, well, we can't really sign all three, although that would have been awesome, right? Um, homegrown they, talent. Homegrown uh, yeah. talent. Yeah. So they, they could have sort of uh, been proactive, particularly with Mookie Betts and even the other two. And so you're thinking, okay, they've made a decision that they can only afford two. But now at this point, they're going to be lucky to sign one of them. You know what? Um, That's what I'm worried about. And, you know, you see Mookie last night, uh, the Dodgers and the Giants played. Mookie hit the game-winning three-run homer and made a spectacular diving catch to preserve the victory for the Dodgers last night over the Giants. And, you know, you just see that and you remember so many highlights from Mookie's all-too-brief career uh, yeah. with the Red Sox. And, and, man, he, you know, to me, to me, Tom, he is still, still the best all-around player in baseball. Well, he's top three, that's for sure. And uh, I know he had some injuries earlier, yep. same way Mike Trout does. But he's right there. And, I, you know, we got a couple good players from him. But I, I guess the point is, you, if you had to make that decision, then you have to sign the shortstop endeavors you have to and if you don't and if you lose both of them i mean the other thing is um if they start selling off i'm i'm going you know i'm a season ticket holder through the company through delta dental but you know i have to really rethink it because you know you pay big bucks you know brokers like to go clients like to go um but if they're not really going to you know make the investment in the future then you know i have some concerns however we are really sort of nitpicking maybe a little bit because they have won four championships, the only team in the 21st century with four. You know that. There's one of those subtleties that yeah, people can do a fact there, check there you on. Go. No one else has done that for sure, but you know that you want to sustain that. You, you want to keep the, the, the winning going. And when you look at this, I mean, he, here are the Boston Red Sox, one, one of the top, I would have to say one of the top three franchises in baseball, going along with the, the Yankees and the Dodgers. The Red Sox are certainly right there. And now they find themselves starting the second half. Barely the, ahead of the Orioles, right? A, a game and a half ahead of the Baltimore Orioles. Now, that's that's not good. That's not good. Of course, they've been hot, you know, recently. But still, how, how um, I haven't checked lately, but how many games out of the, out of the last wild card spot? Uh, they're not far. I mean, they're certainly within striking distance. Uh, so, I mean, you know... But you know, but you know, they should be in better position than they are. That's that's the bottom line. And if if you lose, you know, one of those guys, either Bogarts or Devers, 
it's it's not good. If you lose both of them, it's a disaster. I, that's exactly what was in my head. You know, I never knew you were a mind reader, too. Well, you don't know all of my talents, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> the great Karnak and Johnny Carson and Ed McMahon had nothing on you, Ken. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. But, but no, it's true, though. I mean, uh, they've got to sign at least one of those foundational players, either Bogarts or Devers. And I don't think it's going to be Bogarts. I think Bogarts is a goner. I really do. And I think that precipitated the trade to, uh, to bring Trevor Story to the Red Sox. He's playing second base now, but uh, you know, uh, heretofore he's only been a shortstop with, with Colorado and now playing second base for the Red Sox. And I think that's unfortunately only temporary because I don't think they're going to re-sign Xander Bogarts. I really don't. Well, well most importantly, I, I wanted to use heretofore in a sentence today, and you've done that for I, me. I've already done it. Tom, we have to take a quick break, but you can use... You got to pay the bills, right? You got to think of another word of the day. Okay, (laughs) I will do that. Because we still have time after we take a quick break here on Kale and Company Live on WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, 101.9 FM, the signal that booms into Manchester and beyond. And, of course, around the clock at nhtalkradio.com. And uh, you can hear all of our programming around the clock on nhtalkradio.com. And, uh, you know, you can hear all the shows. You can do, you know, a a WKXL weekend if you want. Program your own WKXL weekend with nhtalkradio.com. We'll be back with Tom Raffio from Northeast Delta Dental right after these words. Welcome back, Kale and Company Live here on WKXL and NHTalkRadio.com. Tom Raffio, President and CEO of Northeast Delta Dental, is with us. Red Sox currently find themselves, Tom, two games out of the third and final wild card in the American League and two games behind Toronto for that third and final wild card. And so that makes this weekend's series with the Blue Jays very significant. Absolutely, and and of course, since our minor league franchise is the Toronto Blue Jays affiliate, New Hampshire Fishcats, and I will be at the game tonight. Oh, you will. I I I will too. Oh, good. Well, I will uh, be too. Pop up to the suite. We uh, I'm throwing out the first pitch because, and you know her, our wonderful director of marketing communications, who's really been instrumental in organizing a lot of what we do at uh, Delta Dental Stadium and a lot of our external sponsorships. Kathy Walker, this is literally her last day um, in the office, and we're celebrating it um, at the uh, Fisher Cats. And I'll, how about this for a radio tease? She is going, she, she worked with me for 27 years, so Mike Ramshaw, the general manager, is going to get her a number 27 Fisher Cats uniform. Oh, I don't think it's, very it's, nice. It's not going to be retired, but right. she'll <laughs> be nice. wearing, wearing a jersey, so you'll see her. She's a little worried about the first pitch, so I told her she can go in front of the dirt and I will do it from the rubber, and uh, and uh, we'll go from there. So I'll see you tonight, then. That's uh, great. Yeah, yes, you will. And uh, we, we uh, saw each other last Saturday. Great event at uh, Delta Dental Stadium. Uh, the, the SWAM event, the Swim with a Mission celebration of, of champions. It was just a, an outstanding day last Saturday at Delta Dental Stadium. Awesome. And along with many other companies, we helped sponsor it. And, of course, it, it raises funds for many, many 
veterans organizations. We do a lot for veterans oral health, but there are many veterans organizations like Veterans Council. Phil and his wife, Judy, Phil Tobb, did a, did a great job. It was a, a potpourri. That's one word, another word I want to use yes. today. Potpourri of events. You know, the helicopters coming in, the parachuter, um, the dogs, um, the, the compelling speeches. Um, the push-ups where the kids were trying to keep up with the Navy SEALs. It was a, it was definitely a great, great, great Saturday. And I, I got to give you uh, credit for staying all the way through the fire for the fireworks. <laughs> well, it was a, it was a great evening, uh, a great afternoon, a great evening of events, and uh, uh, the fireworks as always at Delta Dental Stadium, which they will have tomorrow night, uh, is uh, always spectacular. And uh, they had some tremendous music. Music. I was really blown away by uh, all the performers they had there at the event uh, last Saturday at Delta Dental Stadium. And uh, I, I, James Montgomery, the very uh, famous James Montgomery, who uh, plays the harp, uh, a.k.a. the harmonica. Uh, well, uh, he was sensational. I didn't even know he was going to be there. Yeah, you were. I know you were like so excited. You were texting me, James Montgomery. James yes. Montgomery. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a. It was a terrific event. And uh, so the Fisher Cats have done a great job with partnering, partner, partnering with so many organizations. So it's not just baseball. It's the graduations. It's it's events like this. And you talk about, you know, the oral health and what we've done for veterans on that front. Funding, you know. Over the over the years, every year about two hundred thousand dollars for uh, oral health for veterans. But one thing I want to mention on a serious note is uh, that uh, finally uh, the New Hampshire Legislature and the Governor we signed uh, the Medicaid Dental Benefits Law, Senate Bill four twenty two and HB one hundred three. And so on July first, that went into law, and it will go uh, people on Medicaid. So it's probably about eighty five thousand people will have the finally the opportunity to go to the dentist uh, and have it compensated uh, next, uh, starting next July, 2023. So that was like, I was, I've been high as a kite in July for that, for that reason, because that is something along with many other oral health stakeholders. I have literally been on that for a quarter of a century. You know, my wife, Ellen and others don't think I'm so patient, Ken, but I worked on that for 25 years. So that shows patience, right? I would have to say so. Yeah, I, I would have to say so. And I, I know you were thrilled when Governor Sununu uh, signed it into law uh, a couple of weeks ago, and, uh, and and you've been still high as a kite since then. Absolutely, and yeah. I'm, I'm running better as a result. When you're in a good frame of mind, like, everything goes well, and, and being at the stadium last Saturday night with you and everybody and seeing, you know, the good in America, I know, I know we still, there's a lot of negative noise out there, but one of the things I've kind of recalibrated my life and... I pay attention to Concord and Washington, D.C., but I say, what can I do with my own personal sweat equity for population health? What can I do with the corporate resources that are at my disposal to make life better, not only from an oral health perspective, but in general? And that's all you can really do. You can't really, you know, force Washington, D.C. to do anything. Obviously, you know, we we try to do some lobbying in D.C. to improve oral health benefits for veterans and, you know, and, and, and other areas, the Affordable Care Act. But in the final analysis, you can only do what's, you know, in your control. So that's the old, uh, and I don't want to get religious, but that's the old serenity prayer. You know, what can you do and control and not worry about things, you know, out of your control. And I think, and I think the Medicaid dental benefits is an example that many people came together 
and finally it happened. Um, and it was like the old days, Ken, when Tip O'Neill and Ron Reagan could get together. I mean, everybody right. yeah. in the executive council chamber, they were both sides of the aisle. You know, you had like uh, Lou D'Alessandro, Senator D'Alessandro on the Republican side and Senator Cindy Rosenthal on the Democrat side, and of course Governor Sununu is Republican. But there were both sides of the aisle, all sorts of stakeholders, the Dental Society, Delta Dental, um, and it was like the old days where everybody had a hop in their step, and it was a collaborative approach that worked so well in business, um, which I describe in my book, by the way. You, it's a hot seller at Gibson's, by the way. I, I know. It's it's jumping off the shelves. Prepared, I had a secret shopper go in there, you know, and there was only one left. Yeah. So prepare for crisis, plan to thrive at Gibson's anyway. But it was just it was just really, a, you know, a great day. So I want to give a shout-out to all the oral health stakeholders that, that collaborated on this. As a matter of fact, uh, after we're done with your show, I'm heading over to uh, the New Hampshire Dental Society to kind of start thinking about this because one of the things is even though – it's a law now. You still have to. We have to increase the number of dentists who want to participate in Medicaid, and so that's you know that's you know that's a process. Right. Yeah. Now linking back, you know how I like to connect the dots, yes, right? Yes, and and you connect them as well as anybody I know, Tom Ravio. And, and since you already sort of gave away some words of the day, I was contemplating. I'm sure you're on the. Oh, maybe you're not, but the order of the day sort of email that many of us get, um, and there was a real interesting word this week. And it was speechify, um, and you never speechify. So speechify, speech and then yeah. I F Y. Yeah. Uh, and you would think it was kind of a modern, made-up word. You know how like you know words get made up, um, and then when people sure. mis- yeah. Yeah. mispronounce things, and next thing you know, you see it in the dictionary. A good example of that is like peruse, which most people use it as skimming, actually means read in detail. But because so many people have misused it over the years, now the secondary <laughs> definition is skim. But the real definition of peruse is read in detail. Anyway, so I thought, well, this is one of those words, right? Speechify, which means to make a very tedious or pompous speech, which we have enough of those, right? Not in your show, but anyway. But you know, and so I thought that that was you know, something that was just made up recently, given all the noise. Yep. But actually, the first usage of it was in 1723. So, Get out. 1723? No. Yeah, so they were already pontificating, <laughs> three, you know, 300 years ago or whatever. So. Speechify. Well, I had one dropped on me yesterday by my guest, Carlos Martinez, who happens to be the dad of uh, our producer, Kat, and, and uh, it was uh, avuncular. 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 Oh. Have you heard that word? Yeah, I like that's a that's a great one. So so was uh, was he describing cat as avuncular? No, he was describing me <laughs> as avuncular. <laughs> yes, okay. and I I had never heard the word before, but and so I had to look it up, and it says suggestive of an uncle, especially in kindliness or geniality. Yeah, I think uh, Uncle Ken, I like that. There you go. You know, I yeah. like that. <laughs> n- n- not not exactly Bob of my three sons or Uncle Charlie. Oh, but no, no, no. William Demarest or... Uh... <laughs> so William Demarest, he really he didn't really like <laughs> Ethel Merman, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> whatever, whatever. No. Vivian Vance. <laughs> Vivian Vance. Right. Vivian Vance. They she didn't played, like each other. She played Ethel Mertz on Lucille. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. I was, I was <laughs> right. mixing everything up. It's like someone else I know. But anyway... Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, 
Fred Mertz um, and that character was 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 ter- terrific, but definitely didn't like the didn't didn't like the the, the person that played his wife, right? Yeah, uh, that's right. In in real life, yeah, in and, real life. And, and now that's been uh, documented in in a movie, uh, the the Lucille Ball movie, uh, which is on some of the uh, various platforms that we have on on cable TV these days. Gotta go home after the game tonight. I gotta find that. You gotta find that. Now you yeah, you know, it's gonna be hot this weekend. And are you running at all? Well, uh, Alan and I had to make that decision. So we've been running a lot. We actually had a great race last night. Um, it was wonderful. Um, we had a Thursday night race right across from Auburn Lake and sort of Manchester, Auburn. There's a lake there. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you run through the trails across the street. So it was wonderful. We we managed to get it in before, before and right after the thunderstorm. So, and then we have another race, you know, next Thursday. So we're looking for... There's a trail race um, up in the Upper Valley this week, and we might do it. Or I might just do uh, Orange Theory for, you know, whatever, because I've been really busy. But I know you have, and today is National Hammock Day. I know, so but I'm not, get, I, I, you'll never find me in a hammock. I never, no, you can never find Tom Raphael. <laughs> Don't look for him in a hammock, folks. All right, and, and Ken, no speechifying today. No, I, I promise, I but promise. You can, but you can be avuncular. Uh, and by the way, Kat's a great producer. I just want to pass that along. Tom, you're a great guest. We have to mosey on out of here. Have a great weekend. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. See you tonight at the ballpark. Absolutely. Bye-bye. All right. That'll do it for this edition of Kale & Company Live on WKXLNHtalkradio.com. Thanks to Kat for her great production skills. And uh, we'll be back on Monday.